covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network. MWSN.net. It's episode 176. What, you expect the opening to play here? Normally you'd be right, but I want to take this time to talk to you, the listener. First off, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It means a lot, and your support, I, I, that's why I do this podcast. That and, you know, to talk about local sports. But, like I mentioned, I want to talk to you about this month of August. It's been a hectic month. I mean, two episodes ago now, you know, the one titled Sportster's Paradise, that was a lot of fun. And that conversation I enjoyed. But recently, there was a long conversation about, you know, mainly Dayton Dutch Lions and improving the sports scene in Dayton. Well, this upcoming Tuesday, I'm going to be doing something different with my friend Brian Reese, who is the co-owner of Gem City Sports Network and a proud Daytonian. And also, we're going to have Lincoln Schreiber, who was my broadcasting partner and friend over at WSWO in Huber Heights. They're going to be joining me Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about how to improve the sports scene in Dayton, Ohio. So, definitely looking forward to that. Will it be live? I don't know quite yet, but we'll see. But yeah, looking forward to that, and there's also a possibility that I'm bringing in an intern to this podcast. I know, those words actually came out of my mouth, but... Someone mentioned interest, and I'm supposed to meet with them sometime soon, hopefully. And, you know, want to talk about improving the podcast. And you know what? I'm all for improving the podcast, so hopefully I get to introduce this intern to you shortly. And I I can't wait to see what we can cook up, because like I mentioned, this podcast is about local sports, and it's something that I think, you know needs to be covered more, so that's why I do it on this podcast. Now I can talk to you about the upcoming high school football season. Will Ohio have high school football? I don't know. No, seriously, we don't have an answer right now. I I think I can say all of us in the sports media, sports working world, would like to see high school football. It is the premier sport in Ohio. By premier, I mean it's the one that brings in the most dollars and definitely helps out a lot of schools. So definitely I want to see it happen, but this coronavirus still scares me. I mean, there's reports that vaccines are getting close to being finalized and ready for the general public. I worry about the athletes, the people that work in sports, and I worry about my broadcasting and announcing comrades. I mean, we need the jobs, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to see the coronavirus wipe all of us out because that would be disheartening. But we don't have an answer right now. There are a lot of conferences, as Kyle and I will talk about it during this interview, that have went to strictly conference-only matchups. And, of course, the big news is only six weeks of regular season, and every school participating in football makes the playoffs, meaning there's some schools, if they still play, they will make it to the playoffs first time ever. I know... My hometown, Twin Valley South Panthers out of West Alexandria, Ohio, they'll be the second time they make the playoffs. The first time was my last full year at uh, TVS, 1999. And they actually had a really good run. Fell by a touchdown and an extra point to St. Henry, 14-7, again, back in 99. But 
my whole thing is, again, I want to see high school football happen. I don't know which way. I mean, I see, I, I see Lieutenant Governor John Husted say, yeah, well, I mean, we should have high school football. And people think, hey, that means we're going to have it. And then, you know, you have the news of that school in Columbus not playing fall football. And, you know, that whole domino effect. And the Pac-12 following as well. Although the MAC was the first, I don't know if they were the first, but the first big D1 conference to say, hey, no fall football, no fall sports. I mean, the Pioneer Football League, I think they were first, and that's the league the Dayton Flyers play in. But, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of fall football not happening and pushing it back to spring. Kyle and I talk about that later on in the episode. But, like I said, there is a lot of things in the air right now. I hope to get back to Cincinnati and broadcast high school football with ESP Media. And hopefully come back to call Loveland Tigers football in 2020. What will it look like? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that on the episode. Which, by the way, it's episode 176 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And with high school football possibly on the horizon, my special guest is the color commentator of Loveland Tigers football and broadcasting team for ESP Media in Kyle Howard. We're talking about being a part of a great broadcasting platform and our first year working together, what 2019 meant to all of us, and what we're expecting for the 2020 season, and of course, local sports on this edition of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. On the call right now, we have Kyle Howard, one of two people I work with when we broadcast football on ESP Media. Kyle, how are you this evening? I'm doing really well, Lee. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Nice to hear from you again. Hopefully we got football to call this fall. It's been a very hectic uh, past few weeks, even past few days, but it's nice to hear from you and it's nice to almost get the whole gang together. Unfortunately, we were unable to get Brock Faulkner on here at the same time, but Brock, hope you're doing well and we'll definitely uh, put some good words towards you. He's our engineer. Kyle is... uh, Kyle has done play-by-play and color on ESP Media, not the same time, of course. And <laughs> since week four last year, uh, I was the play-by-play guy for Loveland Tigers football. And since then, uh, the exception of week 10 last year, we were a team. And it was a lot of fun to work with you two gentlemen, learn more about you, and get to call some high school football in Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real treat to get to work with you. And uh, we actually go play back beyond that, back in our days with the Dragons, too, so... 
Uh, been been uh, nice to get to work with you last year with the Loveland Tigers last year. Uh, unfortunate season for them. That obviously didn't turn out the way they wanted it to on the field, but uh, had a great time doing that last year. Very thankful for the opportunity we had. You know, after I sent in the questions, I realized, oh, yeah, I didn't talk about that at all. So we'll touch up on that a little bit. But first, Kyle, where are you from? I'm actually from right here in Dayton, Ohio, which is uh, I know where I well live now. I went to school in Bowling Green and uh, moved back to my hometown here in Inglewood. Technically, is the, the name of the town I live here. But uh, big, born, raised Dayton, uh, big Northmont football fan here. So I went to high school. So uh, it's my hometown, and uh, just really enjoying it back here with my family around near, nearby to me. It's also nice too that uh, all three of us, Brock, yourself, and myself. We're all from Dayton. We're going to Cincinnati call football. No complaints here, but I like how all three of us are Daytonians in that sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very nice that way. Yeah, but, but I'm a big Cincinnati sports fan as well, so I'm a huge Reds and Bengals fan, and uh, FC Cincinnati as well. We're happy to see them off and running now. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's It comes with being from Dayton. I think you're a lot of times being fans down there because they're, they're so maybe on our hour drive from you so be able to cover high school sports on there's been a real been a lot of fun here for me absolutely when did you first get into sports um i was oh shoot i was probably six or seven uh my dad took me to a baseball game he took me to a reds and pirates game i won't forget it because i really did not want to go to the game <laughs> i had uh, zero interest at all and uh my dad said nope you're going with me today and uh, i went up with him and i Start asking all kinds of questions, and suddenly I'm six years old, and I'm uh, I'm watching them every night. I'm watching the Reds on TV every night, and I'm studying their stats. And <laughs> and I could tell you, guys, I'm players that you have people probably haven't heard of and don't remember from the Reds roster. I could probably tell you their stats. So I was, I was a big avid fan back when I was a kid. So and still am today, obviously. But uh, mm. that's how I got into it. My dad took me to a baseball game when I was a kid. Obscure Reds. I like it. There's an account <laughs> right. that there's an account that has obscure Reds, and there's also one for the Dayton Flyers as well. But I don't know if they posted in a while or not. But still, I, I like I like that and being able to, you know, concentrate on stats and everything. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, I was I was a big stats nerd. I've always been into that kind of stuff. And now they bring out the sabermetrics and stuff too. So you've uh, all got kinds of in-depth stats that are interesting too they've, they've brought up over the years now when was the point you knew you wanted to be part of the broadcasting field <laughs> i think i probably would uh probably go back to high school i i uh, tried out for my sophomore year of baseball and i uh, didn't make the team i was pretty upset about that uh, i'd made it my freshman year and then kind of thought i was going to make it my sophomore year and then didn't make it that year so i knew i wanted to be around sports in some way didn't know exactly how i was going to do that um Knew I probably wasn't going to cut it out as an athlete. I wasn't that great, but I, I still love sports. I, I followed it all my life. So uh, that's I think that was really the turning point for me when I was a sophomore in high school. So what was your first experience in the broadcasting field? I actually started with Pee Wee football when I was uh, a junior in high school. There's uh, my, my brothers played, and we knew the uh, commissioner of our league, and he, he allowed me to go up in the booth as a public address announcer there and uh, – it's uh, Northmont uh, Pee Wee football back then, so I got a chance to get on air for both my junior and senior year. Um, not, I guess, not on air, but over the mic at the, at the stadium. So I've uh, got some experience doing that um, and certainly took full advantage of that and enjoyed that. 
from that year of getting introduced into peewee football in terms of broadcasting all the way to your first year at ESP Media, what else did you do in between? Obviously, I did that for in high school, so I had a chance to do that. And then I went to college. I uh, between my senior year and or my season, my junior year and senior year in high school, I went up to Bowling Green and took a campus visit. I ran into the uh, executive director of BGRSO, which is our broadcasting station up there. Uh, fell in love with it. I, I knew the opportunity I was going to have up there was going to be phenomenal. So I uh, got a chance to go up there and um, <laughs> didn't know it was going to work out that way. But actually, by my senior year, I was the executive director of the organization as well. So I, I uh, got blessed with that and got a lot of opportunities to call a lot of on-air games up there. And um, got to do a little bit of work for ESPN3 even when I was up there and travel with the teams and such. So I had a really good opportunity at Bowling Green if you are considering going into broadcasting. Great program up there. Um, actually do more games than any student organization in the country. So um, any on the fence uh, kids in high school right now are considering broadcasting. I definitely recommend checking it out. What sports did you get to do? I mean, Bowling Green's got a plethora of them. I mean, they have ice hockey, which is awesome. Got football, basketball, baseball, softball, you know, your main sports. What, what did you get to call? I got, a, I was blessed to be able to call football, uh, baseball, uh, did some, a uh, little bit of soccer too. Um, then got into volleyball, uh, Women's basketball is a big one. I didn't do hockey, actually. We had a, another guy that didn't travel with the hockey team. He, they were part of our organization. We did all of their games, but I didn't actually get on the air. I worked in the studio a lot for those games. But um, as far as uh, getting to be on air, basketball is probably the biggest opportunity I had. And then we started doing into flagship baseball my senior year when I was there, too. But um, baseball is my, my favorite sport to call, but I, I, more of the opportunity at Bowling Green was going to be more on the basketball side of things. So how did you wind up with ESP Media? Well, uh, it's kind of I knew the right person. Uh, my second cousin or, uh, is Craig Lindsay. He's the trainer at Muller. Um, he knows uh, Rob Ebel, who's our who's the owner of our company here, ESP Media. And he, he just uh, Craig had reached out to me and said to reach out to him. He was looking for a broadcaster that year for a color commentator. Um, actually had an opportunity to either do color commentary for Oak Hills that year or uh, silent reporter for Moeller that year. Um, obviously would have worked, loved to work for Moeller, but, um, but just with me getting out of college and starting a new job full-time, I, I was afraid of missing time. They are actually traveling to New Jersey that year, so I, I wound up just deciding to work with uh, Oak Hills as the color commentator that year. And how did you progress with ESP? I mean, you got to do some Princeton Vikings games, and like I mentioned last year, uh, you covered for me Week 10 when Loveland traveled to Anderson, and I forget what you were doing Weeks 1 through 3 before we teamed up and covered Tigers football last year, but what else have you gotten to do with ESP? Oh, yeah, there were a lot of moving parts last year. So um, I did start out last year for weeks one through three. I was uh, I was a color commentator along with Richard Skinner for Princeton High School Football. And then um, Jason Griefer ended up uh, moving over to the Moeller side. So they had an opening with Loveland last year, middle of the year. So I was able to jump in and do that um, and color, do some color commentating with you last year. Um, got the opportunity to do that. But for starting off, it was Oak Hills for a couple of years. And then Princeton had an opportunity. I was able to move over and do that. Uh, would have been 2018 and then a little bit of 2019 as well. Very good program there at Princeton and obviously performed really well last year. But um, it's, it's now, now it was Loveland. I'm not sure if, what it will be if we decide to 
or if, if they decide to allow football this year in high school, but um, we'll be happy with whatever it is. We'll definitely talk more about football and what's happening. Uh, we still don't have an official word if fall sports will happen in high school sports, but yeah, I mean, last year working with you with the Loveland Tigers and Brock Faulkner, our engineer, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we bounced off each other quite well, and I think we turned in a very nice product for you know fans that couldn't make it to Loveland or follow the Tigers along eastern Cincinnati. I agree. I really loved the opportunity last year and to get some exposure in the ECC, which uh, prior to last year, that was my first, I guess, delve with the ECC last year. I hadn't uh, ever had much experience, which is, uh, I guess we'll get to that in a second, but they've added some new teams in the conference last year. One of them I've uh, got a chance to play against when I was a younger kid too. So um, it's definitely, uh, it, was, it was different uh, learning the conference pretty well last year, but uh, definitely had a fun time doing it. Yeah, that was my first real dive into ECC and uh, football well back in high school football in Cincinnati. Uh, if, I, if you don't mind me sharing how I got into ESP Media. Uh, I, oh, yeah. It was on Indeed. I get it through the emails, and I see that ESP Media needs a play-by-play guy. So this is uh, during my birthday dinner with my fiance, and you know I, I contact Rob, and unfortunately I didn't get the first go-round just because – my fall seasons normally, you know, college soccer and maybe some college volleyball if I'm lucky at Dayton and Wright State. Uh, but uh, I think during week four, Rob reached out to me saying, hey, uh, do you want to do play-by-play for, you know, this uh, Loveland Tigers football? I was like, yep. So uh, with the exception of week 10, because I already had that uh, occupied by Wright State, I got to go down to Cincinnati every friday and it was a lot of fun i love the i I love traveling down cincinnati getting ready for the games and you know it was a lot of fun broadcasting the games as well i mean like you mentioned loveland didn't loveland had a rough year last season they you know they went 0 and 10 but at the same time you know it was cool to you know bring those athletes to light so you know people that again couldn't travel with loveland or make it to loveland well, there they go. There's an option to listen to them. So that was that was sure. really cool. Absolutely. And I'm not going to say it's not in Dayton, because it certainly is, but uh, it's a big deal in high school football in Cincinnati. They make it a big deal of it every year. So it's a lot of good fans out there that love going to the high school games and, and tuning into us, and we appreciate that. Absolutely. I mean, for anyone that uh, tuned in while we were broadcasting ESP Media, we definitely appreciate it. I know Rob appreciates it, and yeah, uh, we're hoping that uh, in a couple of weeks we'll meet up again and talk about Loveland. Normally, well, before this whole thing went down, it was supposed to be Loveland hosting Sycamore of the Greater Miami Conference, but that's no longer a thing. And I think that we'll dive right into <laughs> how this schedule is shaking out. Now, of course, the, the current uh, agreement is six weeks. And every school in Ohio makes the playoffs. Every school that's participating in football makes the playoffs, which is the first time in this state. I mean, it's not 10 weeks. I mean, you don't really have to worry about computer points anymore. But at the same time, I mean, that's interesting that everyone makes the playoffs. Kyle, what's your take on that? Yeah, uh, it's... (laughs) I don't know. It's it's a strange year, so I don't know what to think about a lot of things right now with everything going on in the world, but um, it's different that every team's going to make it. 
I kind of like to see it when teams are incentivized to make the playoffs and have to work harder during the year. I'm not saying they don't work hard when they're having a rough year, but it's certainly sweeter the taste of uh, making the playoffs when you when you feel like you've really rode the rode the table all year long and finished strong and made the playoffs as far as earning it there, not just backing your way into it. So um, I think it's uh, I'd like to obviously see it uh, where they could have to earn their way in, but um, you know that's. Well, I'll be happy with anything at this point, so <laughs> I'm not going to get too greedy. Absolutely. I mean, just to update, if anyone hasn't heard, there's a lot of conferences in Cincinnati and the Dayton area that have said no non-conference games, full stop. So it's going to be conference only. Uh, for the Southwest Ohio Conference, which is one half of what the Fort Ancient Valley Conference used to be, the other half, of course, the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, they only have six members uh, with uh, Little Miami, the seventh last year. They're now in the ECC. So that's uh, pretty interesting. They're going to have to figure out what to do for week one. Maybe have like what Loveland had last year in terms of you play your one of your conference foes twice and one of them doesn't count in the conference records. ECC has mentioned they're going to go ahead and do that, but I haven't seen a schedule out at the time of this recording uh, the Greater Miami Conference, I think it was yesterday, mentioned that weeks three through eight are now going to slide into weeks one through six for those GMC schools, which if Colerain and Fairfield were scheduled again for week 10, then that's kind of out there. And that was the best. Uh, that was one of the best battles of Southwest Ohio last year. I mean, Fairfield had a chance to knock Colerain off that GMC crown they've had for quite some time. Yeah, it's going to be a weird shakeup this year with how it works out. Um, uh, um, I guess we'll probably know more tomorrow, or we hope to know more by tomorrow. Governor DeWine's going to be talking about high school sports tomorrow and, and where they're going to move from here. Uh, we may not know an answer, but uh, we're kind of hoping we get a better answer of how things are going to go. Uh, got kind of a lot up in the air still here. with you know, Not that much time left, to be honest. It's only a few more weeks before the season's supposed to start. Absolutely, and I I'm curious to hear what DeWine's got to say about this, and I thought it was supposed to be yesterday where they talked about it, but, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 saying no fall sports will play in the spring of 2021. I mean, that threw a big wrench, but uh, Lieutenant Governor Husted has said that why should that be a big wrench in the whole plan of high school sports? So, we'll see. Uh, did you see that uh, this is more for Brock's territory in the cross-county conference their last year? No, I'm sorry, that's not cross-county conference. That's the Midwest Athletic Conference up north that they're not going to crown a conference champion. Yeah, I did see that. That's interesting. I, I guess in a shortened season, they don't want to give the credit because all the teams could finish off pretty close, and it's it's not a full testament about what the season was going to be, but at the same time, I like to see a team rewarded for, if they say a team goes 6-0, I'd like to see them get rewarded for that, too. I would, too. This is going to be a very interesting year, and with everyone making the playoffs, what's that do to sites like Joe Idol, which, you know, for me, especially heading into the weeks closer to the playoffs i mean that was the site that i followed the most just to see you know who's got a real shot to get in the playoffs and who doesn't i mean yeah. hey, you think that maybe they they would change it to just be more of a profile of each team that's what i would expect out of it i, I don't really don't know either it's a it's a that's the main point of that website was to give you those ratings but um expect the content's probably going to be different this year 
I do too. But uh, thank you, Joe Idle, for what you do. Uh, we Absolutely. definitely have to tip our hats to Joe for what he does. He's been running that site since 2000, which, can you believe that? <laughs> the- it's, a, it's, it's It's been a big help to us. Trust us. We're, we're going to have to do all the math in our heads. It's uh, We love it. <laughs> the internet uh, was a different place back in 2000 when he started. But- no doubt. Let's swing over. You mentioned it briefly about the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. Uh, three new teams from the Greater Western Ohio Conference. You have Lebanon. I mentioned Little Miami out of the SWAC. And formerly of the Fort Ancient Valley Conference and spent a couple years as an independent, Witten Woods, which was supposed to be Loveland's Week 10 trip down towards the Forest Fair area. And I don't know where that's going. Again, we don't have the ECC schedule in front of us at the time of this recording. But sure. Yeah, I mean, if we lived in a world where the coronavirus wasn't affecting everything and we're getting ready for a 10-week regular season schedule, what was your take on what the ECC was going to bring to Southwest Ohio football? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's a, it's a very unique season we're going to see. But um, I would say down to the wire, you're going to be looking at Turpin and Winton Woods this year. I would expect those two teams, uh, they've been really good for the last few years. So I'd expect them to go down to the wire again this year. Uh, those would be the two teams I'd expect to, to fight for. But, again, you never know. Six short six-game season, uh, you know, hopefully nobody gets COVID symptoms, but maybe they do, and then they're missing a couple of key players in big matchups. You never know who could win the conference. Absolutely. I think you have to, You also have to throw an Anderson in there, too, just because, you know, that's an offense that can put up oh, some points in a hurry. I mean, last year on Loveland, they put, what was it, 65? You had the call that game. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was it was quite a high scoring game for sure, and it actually wound up ending early because of a fight at the end of the game. Yeah, I so remember it was, uh, a lot of antics at the end. I was following along on the score stream when I could, and then because I had my own broadcast, the right state that day, and I remember you and I talking about it, just like how crazy that ending was. I was like, of all the games I have to miss, it's the one at Anderson, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, the ECC, also, you might have heard about Cincinnati Public Schools not participating in fall sports, which mainly affects the CMAC or the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference. But there's also one team in the ECC that is part of the Cincinnati Public Schools family, and that's Walnut Hills. So that's going to be interesting to try to figure out how the Eagles fit into the ECC's plans if maybe, you know, they're not scheduled just because there's nine other teams you know, maybe that's the balance. I'm not sure, but this uh, it's going to be a very interesting trip <laughs> until week one, if we have week one. Yeah, definitely. And one thing we didn't mention about Anderson, either, they changed their logo this year. They're no longer the Redskins. So it'll be a, mm-hmm. a, uh, a different, uh, different season, a different thing for them as well. Having a, a complete new mascot this year. Absolutely. I mean, by a four to one margin, they passed that vote, and it's it's going to be different time, and it's going to be different look and logo. I mean, what's your opinion on that? I think it should have should have happened a long time ago. Honestly, the you saw Miami had the uh, they used to be the Redskins a while back. My university or Miami University in Oxford, that mm-hmm. is, uh, they've been the Red Hawks for a number of years now. But uh, I thought that was long overdue, and um, it's, it's kind of honestly surprising with. A lot of things going on in the world today. I was kind of surprised it lasted as long as it did, but um, I think it did the right thing. I think so, too, and it'll be interesting to see what the new identity is for AHS. Do you have any names that you want Anderson to go with? 
<laughs> well, I would say not the Tigers, not the Eagles, because I think it's a <laughs> like that right now. But uh, anything beyond that, uh, uh, hey, you know what? Well, I'm a Thunderbolt guy. Maybe maybe bring some Thunderbolts down that way. I'm, that's the only school I've ever seen that has a Thunderbolt mascot. So, <laughs> Yeah. I, I remember when Northmont had the uh, San Diego Charger-like logo on their helmets, and that was that's great. Now they have the Tampa Bay Lightning logo, and it's just it's not the same. Yeah, I don't like it either. I, I, I miss the miss wearing that the Charger stripes inside those, and even our uniforms had the stripes on the side too. I I miss those. Those are yeah, they. It looks there's a whole new look now they have. Now wait a minute, you don't want another Tigers versus Tigers battle? <laughs> that was it my first. Game. That was my first game at Withrow too. I love that place, and now they're in the CMAC, and they're also Cincinnati Public School, so that's going to be interesting how that rattles out. But yeah, I remember that was my first. <laughs> my first game I was like, can't really say Tigers, can I? Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, nothing against those mascots. They're both great. It'd, it'd make it very confusing for the broadcaster trying to tell tell conference standings later on when, when we're talking about the Tigers and Eagles. <laughs> you know, speaking of with throw, uh, there was an article in Cincinnati Inquirer about uh, Daniel Ingram, who had a really great game against Loveland, their 39 win uh, last year. He chose Arkansas Pine Bluff, I believe, UAPB. I believe he chose mm-hmm. that over UC, and that was... That was really interesting as well. So uh, definitely like seeing, you know, athletes from this area succeed no matter where they go, if it's still around this area or outside, you know, the, the coverage, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, let me tell you, he was a good quarterback, good running back as well. I mean, he had all the tools and it was pretty, it was pretty tough to stop Ingram last year. Yeah, it definitely was. That's uh, that's make no mistake about that. We talked a lot about schools and a couple of athletes, but during your broadcasting career, it could be from when you started with Pee Wee football to last year with ESP. Uh, give me some of your favorite games that you got to call and some of your favorite athletes and teams that you've gotten to see with your own eyes. Uh, as far as um, actually getting to... I guess if we're, I guess I'll start with the the games. Uh, I, I was actually blessed enough to call the MAC championship game when Bowling Green played uh, Northern Illinois in my senior year. So was, that was probably the, I guess the the biggest game I was able to call in my life. But um, as far as um, some cool games I was um, able to do, I um, I guess I never really saw sure if it's earlier. Actually, spent a summer in Alaska and, and turn out there broadcasting games they finished the team that i was calling games for that summer got to play in the top of the world series which is the championship for that league uh lost in three games but um it was just still a fun time they were very good teams uh couple actually one of those guys broke under the major leagues last year so um corbin martin plays for the arizona diamondbacks he's um he's actually had tommy john surgery and broke on with the astros last year but um i guess a cool tidbit about him he um he was uh, part of the zach grinky trade last year Mm-hmm. But he um, he was uh, he's probably one of the um, cooler, uh, I guess one of the most notable um, players I've had a chance to broadcast in my time. Uh, also, Crystal Bradford for Central Michigan was an incredible athlete. She was against Bowling Green in college, um, but uh, that was uh, that was probably that. And, um, but I think my fo- favorite memory from college, as far as broadcasting a game, was uh, I got to broadcast Bowling Green at Purdue. And uh, Bowling Green scored a game-winning touchdown with 12 seconds left in that game. That was that was a lot of fun. 
Those must have been some really cool calls as well. I mean, like I mentioned, some of the athletes getting to the major level and some big championship games. I mean, that's really cool to have on your resume. Oh, definitely. I had a lot of fun, got a lot of good experience, met a lot of great people in the process, and uh, certainly wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today without them. Sticking with the same time frame from Pee Wee to ESP, where's been some of your favorite venues that you've gotten to call a game from? Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a good question. Um, Alaska is a unique one. I, the field out there had a, a mountain in the backdrop in left field, so that was a, that was a lot of fun. To, uh, basically, everywhere in Alaska has mountains, though, so it's nothing <laughs> new, but uh, it's, a, it's definitely uh, interesting. Um, uh, Withrow, actually, is one of my favorite places to go to. It's uh, It's got an old college feel to it. So I, I like when uh, Loveland last year and the, the year before was Princeton that was up there. Um, so was Princeton was up there the year before that, so... Uh, that was a lot of fun getting to go up there. Um, it's kind of uh, not as many fans there as I obviously would like to see at the game, but uh, I just kind of like the, the fields. It's got like an old nipper feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like the, I like going there. And then um, I guess got to call uh, a couple of years ago with Richard Skinner for ESP Media. We got to go up to uh, Canton to call the state championship game for um, for that year. Was, uh, uh, Wyoming, excuse me, Wyoming was that year. And they they won the state championship of the year. Yeah, I love Withrow's Stadium. I mean, it, it's a little sad that we don't get to go there because it's no longer part of conference play. I mean, Angus King Stadium, you had your concrete seats, and it only kind of wrapped around until, the, like, the second curve, if that makes sense. But during sure. the daytime, you can see a nice neighborhood uh, beyond the gates, but at nighttime, you just saw the football field, and it was a cool atmosphere, and I, I definitely enjoyed my first call with ESP there, and it was a lot of fun. Like I mentioned, you know, teaming up with you and Brock, and, you know, for the next few weeks, you know, getting to call high school football in Cincinnati. Absolutely, and uh, I might make a few Oak Hills fans mad when I, when I say this, obviously, when tuning in, but uh, I, I also like going to the pit. I think that's a that's a fun environment. I think for I'm sure they don't agree with that, but uh, it's it's kind of a small college feel to it. So it's uh, obviously I, I enjoyed getting the call game up there a couple of years ago with Oak Hills playing there. Um, it's kind of again, it's, it's almost like a small college campus there. So it's always a fun time going up there. You know, I've never been to the pit. I've seen pictures and I've seen everyone rave about it, but you know, maybe one day I'll get to call a game from the pit as well. I mean, it's a, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's one of the top ones in the country, if I remember right, reading an article from a couple years back, and that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. It's uh, definitely a, had a good time up there when we were able to do that. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way of Oak Hills, but uh, that certainly fun to be up there to do that. Now, are there any other sports you like to cover in the future of your broadcasting career with ESP, or you know, take a, a new opportunity? Yeah, well, we actually almost did swimming and diving a couple of years ago. I, I had a, um, I actually had a brief opportunity to do that in college for ESP three, ESP and three, but I, uh, it's something I like to get some more experience with in soccer. Yeah, the opportunities are there with those. I'd, I'd like to get a chance to to get some more experience with that. It's not something I've done a ton of in the past, so uh, new opportunities I'm always happy to learn. You know, last year, I, along with Loveland Tigers football, uh, Rob gave me a chance to broadcast Wyoming boys soccer in the playoffs against Bellbrook, Monroe, and Tippecanoe. And 
You know, I worked with these two individuals at a previous uh, capacity. Uh, Zach Ritter, he helped out with the Reds High School Showcase, which happened at Wright State. So I got to work with him at those games at Nishwood Stadium. And Mike Reeder was the head coach of Muller uh, Ice Hockey. So that's how I knew him through. And once I found out that those are the two people I'm working with for the playoffs, that, that was really cool. And, you know, we had a lot of fun broadcasting those games. So, yeah, definitely soccer is a lot of fun. Now, I never broadcasted swimming and diving, but I've announced for it. And it's a lot of fun. I wish Wright State would bring that sport back, but, you know, you know, I, I really want to try water polo. I mean, it's even, it's more rare than ice hockey is in the state. I think there's only like 17 schools that have it in Ohio. That's very rare. Yeah, I, I'd like to try my hand on water polo one day. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I can't wait to hopefully start the year with ESP Media and call high school football. I mean especially since my fall schedule is a little bit open this year with UD not playing fall sports and Wright State not playing fall sports until maybe October, but I, I, I see them pushing it back as well. But there you Yeah, go. I do too, unfortunately. I'd, it'd be interesting to see what happens with college football too as well when it comes to if some schools just do decide to go forward with the season and they're able to, well, what happens to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 when the season's already been played in the fall and now you have schools playing in, in in the spring then so i guess you don't really play for national title then you're just playing for conference at that point so it's another another side of that too that goes into it um personally i, I think that they're not going to play but i don't know i don't know that i'll make those decisions though so uh, i think they'll they'll try to push it to spring uh one one idea i thought they might have tried which they did not i mean it'd be too late to do this now but possibly flip baseball to start in uh, in the fall and, and then we'll have football start in the spring just flip those but uh, I guess it's kind of too late for that. In baseball, you need so much time to warm up. You need some more advanced notice than that. Yeah, I was wondering if college would look at that, you know, where it, you don't have as much human contact in the sport compared to football where, you know, you kind of need to tackle to, you know, make a stop. But I I don't know. I mean, this I this quarantine, eh, I, I wish it would stop just because we need – we need sports, and I, I want to work back in sports. And I know you're the the same way too, Kyle. It's just we we like sports oh, to sure. happen, but definitely, it's, and uh, we hope it does. And and we hope that if it, if it does, we hope they do it safely and follow protocols. It's uh, see a lot of that going on with Major League Baseball right now. Players not necessarily following the protocols and come with symptoms. We don't want that to happen to anyone. I mean, the Cleveland Indians they had uh, Plesic and uh, Clevenger. Um, sent away for a while because they broke curfew and well, not broke curfew. They broke the rules in Chicago. And, you know, but if you look at the bubbles, uh, NBA, no positive tests. You look at uh, NHL, they have a lot of tests, nothing in two bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton, which can you believe that blue jackets game yesterday going into five overtime? What a wild one. <laughs> oh, I was kind of hoping that it would go on even further to break that uh, the record held from 1936 onwards, just so you could say, "Hey, you know, I was witness to that game. I was listening to it on radio for most most of it. It's is crazy. I just so I mean, if those pro sports can do it, but the only problem is you can't really have bubbles for high school sports, can you? 
No, you really can't, and that's that's the other side of it too. And if and it's it, it's just hard for me to see them playing with the big big schools like uh, I mean, well, big conferences like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 giving up so much money. And then uh, obviously there's a lot to play in high school football, especially how much money comes into schools from that. Uh, I just can't see them taking the risk though. If, the, if there's big conferences, they're also setting that precedent that they're going to set the season out. So. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, I guess, and I just I'm not sure that I'm expecting at this point. Kyle, how has the coronavirus affected you? Um, for me, uh, I've been blessed and not know anyone personally. Hopefully, that stays that way. That uh, I'm not knowing anybody really well. I should say that it has had any symptoms from it, so I'm very thankful for that. Hopefully, it continues that way. Uh, for me, uh, though, I've, I actually work at Lexus Nexus. Um, I've been able to work remotely since March. Uh, I've been home for that, and it may be a permanent thing. They're they're uh, debating that right now, if that's possible doing that for going forward. Uh, my wife's also a high school teacher at Northmont, so she's uh, they're actually in the process of going back right now, um, and the kids are going to be staying home. I guess they'll be working, they'll be going to school remotely through at least the first quarter. Uh, she will be going to school though, to teach from school, though, so it'll be a different challenge for her this year doing that um it's a, a my job hasn't changed a ton just beyond not seeing anyone but for her it's changed quite a bit i can only imagine being in the education field around now because you you have a lot of people angry no matter what their view is and yeah, it's definitely so it's a very scary time and it, it, i don't i don't want to I don't know. I feel like it's almost impossible to social distance in schools just because, A, you don't have that space, and B, you know, most uh, most kids don't social distance, so. That's that's the other side there. That's the other argument for sports, too, though, is what are the kids going to be doing if they're not playing sports? Uh, that's the only real argument I see of why, how they might play this year, so that may be what helps them out, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a real challenge with school, though, and I feel for all the teachers out there right now is what happens if the, one of the children does get it, for instance, and then the, the parent can't miss work and they got to send the school the kid to school and then that spreads to everyone else. So it's a real challenge for the school systems right now. Absolutely. Uh, there was something I read, and I forget where it was, but it was talking about Indiana high schools and will athletes that are getting – you know, remote learning, be able to compete. And a lot of them said yes. There's a few schools that said no, but there's this one school district, and I forget all these names, so, but there was one school district that said you can compete, but you have to see your teacher at least once during, you know, the academic quarter, which, I mean, I get it. You you need that face-to-face interaction, but it's also, you know, putting those teachers more in the line of the coronavirus. So, it's just very interesting, and it's very interesting how Ohio will go. We don't know that as of this recording, but selfishly, I, I want sports back, and worrying about the athletes, I, I, I don't know what I think. Yeah, I'm the same way here. Obviously, I wanted to come back for for a lot of people, really. People want to watch sports, and uh, it's gonna it helps the school with revenue, too, and, that's, and football is fun to a lot of sports, and other sports, too, that uh, that don't really make money. They have non-revenue sports out there. Don't so football is big to schools as far as revenues go. But uh, most importantly, safety has to be considered. 
Absolutely. And that's it's going to be a long conversation, and week one's just a couple weeks away. I think only two weeks now, and Friday will be two weeks until what should have been week one where we will have had Loveland hosting Sycamore, and that, I think, would have been a pretty fun game to call. So absolutely not, and both schools pretty close to each other too. So I, and, uh, I, I do think if it does come back, we won't see that happen. It'll be BCC as they discussed, but yeah. um, it, it's it's hard to really know for sure what's going to happen. Absolutely, Kyle. I I just hope that uh, you know we get to work together again, you, me, and Brock, and you know we get to see some good high school football and bring it to the fans that couldn't make it. Yeah, absolutely, I hope for that too. I mean, especially now where fans can't watch a game. I mean, broadcasters are going to be leaned upon quite heavily, and now Ohio High School, or OHSAA rather, they they talked about how you know they're allowing schools to stream because normally Friday nights you can't watch a game live, but now you can. I mean, broadcasters are really going to be leaned upon if we do see sports this upcoming year. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very, very much on the broadcast this year to call a good game because uh, without the fans there, they're not going to have the same experience. So uh, we ho- certainly hope to have that opportunity to bring it to you this year. We certainly do. We certainly do. Kyle, I like to stop talking about this virus, and I like to continue on with you. So what's <laughs> your favorite things about sports locally in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio? Uh, it's It's got a good feel around here. A lot of... Um, several good players here out of the year that have gone on and played professionally. Braxton Miller being one, he played in our conference. Uh, wasn't quite playing. Uh, I was a freshman, I should say, when he was a star here at Wayne, which mm-hmm. is uh, Heber Heights is where Wayne's at here in the area. It's uh, just on the south, uh, south uh, southeastern side of Dayton. And um, you've got Centerville's been a perennial powerhouse every year. They've uh, had a rough year the last couple of years, but for the most part, they've been a force to be reckoned with every year. Um, and Northmont, uh, that's where I went to school. And they, they've uh, had a, they've uh, had some good years too last year. They're really good year there last year. And then um, even Fairmont's played pretty well too. That was our conference. Um, and then Beaver Creek was in there too. Uh, but uh, you've got teams Alter, um, very good tradition there. Shamanah, Julian, CJ. Uh, it's a very strong team there as well. So there's uh, a lot of good tradition here. Um, not and, um, and it's it's always been fun to to go up there and watch the games around here in the area. There's a lot of great schools, a lot of great conferences. I mean, no matter where you go, you're going to see some good action. I mean, that goes high school level, college level, professional level. I mean, Southwest Ohio really has it all. It does, <laughs> it certainly does, and um, it, yeah, it's and don't want to forget that. But there's some schools up north here, that, um, just a little bit north that. Uh, Actually, where Brock would be, <laughs> mm. Covington's a very good program too. So they're they're on the northern side of Dayton, but they're uh, there's a lot of good programs up north too. And Ohio's just peppered with good talents and sports. You know, Brock would be pretty upset if we didn't mention Covington and his Buccaneers. <laughs> One of the four teams out of the Cross County Conference that's jumping to the Three Rivers Athletic Conference and not going to the WOAC. But yeah, gotta give his uh, Bucks a shout out on here as well. Now, absolutely. What would you like to see in the future for sports and media in Southwest Ohio? Like, what would you want to see happen for sports and for sports coverage and media? Um, I, I'd like to see, um, if we could ever get to that point with the SP Media, I'd like to see us get 
to the television aspect of it too, or at least a video, live video. I think that'd be nice to see that happen over time. I'm not sure if that's the direction Rob wants to head with it, but I think it'd be an interesting aspect to add to it. Um, maybe with some archived content for interviews with coaches each week, I think it'd be a nice benefit. Um, I'd really like to see a stronger presence here in the Dayton area because I, I know in Cincinnati there's all kinds of networks that like to call the games down there, and it's been great to see that. But uh, uh, you don't see that as much here in the Dayton area, so I'd really like to see it spread up this way. It would be nice to see it up in Dayton, but personally, I like I mentioned, I, I love the trip to Cincinnati and being able to call a game down there. I know you do too, but it's just you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're right. That in Dayton, just there's not good exposure. <laughs> ex- exactly. I mean, there's um, there's not as much coverage up here in Dayton as there is De- down in Cincinnati. Not. I know Rob has uh, live, well, had live video, especially for Mola Hockey against St. X at Heritage Bank Center last year. So I know there is video that has been done for ESP. It's just you know, football. You kind of can't. Until this it's year, it's hard to do. Is. You have to have a camera crew. It's a, it's a little hard to do with football. Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I definitely want to say thank you to Rob. Hopefully, he's a future guest on this podcast uh, for taking me in and you know making us a team. It was, it was really cool. I mean, and also with the Dragons, you helped out uh, Tom Nichols. I met, I promised I'd talk about the Dragons, but you helped out <laughs> Tom Nichols on that side of things, and I was running scoreboard, so it was a lot of cool working together. Yeah, it absolutely was. It was nice to see it come full circle like that, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to have with the Dragons, too. It was uh, invaluable at the time to be able to get a chance to, to to record myself calling games. Even though I wasn't actually on the air, I had a chance to get some feedback from a professional broadcaster, and that really has so much value when you're in college trying to build your tape. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So... Kyle, um, to wrap things up on this interview, for those that are interested in becoming a broadcaster, what advice can you give? Uh, always say yes. <laughs> Any <laughs> opportunity to get it, no matter what it is, uh, do it. That's uh, no, don't turn down an opportunity. It's uh, get in there, even if it's just operating the soundboard. Uh, any any opportunity you can at a young age to get involved with it, do it. You, you, and for one, obviously, you learn more. For two, this industry is about knowing the right person lost a lot of the battle so the more connections you can have the better off you're going to be long run and how can people follow you and your work on social media uh, they can find me um, at kyle hyphen howard 93 on, on twitter um, they can also find me on Facebook. It's just Kyle Howard on there, so they're welcome to do that. I'm um, not a big presence on Instagram, so <laughs> you're welcome to go on there, but uh, you're probably not going to find a lot of pictures on there. So <laughs> um, that's that's the best way to do it. The Twitter's probably my, the best handle to find me on. And I'm usually on there tweeting about the Reds. So, <laughs> I mean, this year, at least the Reds are interesting. I mean, the bullpen's kind of not great. But uh, the batting order, when they do hit, I mean, they're pretty unstoppable. And starting pitching's been rock solid, with the exception of Wade Miley's first start. But then again, was that injury that sent him to the IL? Was that the cause of him not doing so hot against the Cubs? I I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out tonight. He's about to actually he's taking the hill right now as the, the Reds are about to squirt off. Uh, looks like the Royals have already put a run on the board, so not the start he's looking for. Merrifield scored on error for Kansas City. Well, that's uh, that's positive. 
And also, uh, I misspoke a second ago. I'd like to correct myself. My, my Twitter handle is actually at Kyle under, underscore Howard 93. So I had the hyphen in there, but it's underscore Howard. So if you'd like to follow me on there, I'd be happy to follow you right back. Sounds good. Uh, Kyle, It's it's been great catching up and talking some sports again. It was too bad that we couldn't get Brock Faulkner along, our engineer. But here's hoping we have high school football, and I'll see you in Cincinnati, hopefully, in a couple weeks. Here's hoping for that. Let's, uh, let's hope that happens here in a couple weeks we can get back to working again. And that'll do it. That's episode 176 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And we'll talk to you again for episode 177. listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit theleewmowen.com spelled T-H-E-L-E-E-W-M-O-W-E-N.com, then click on podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way to catch new episodes of this podcast, such as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app, Pandora, and many more platforms. Follow along on social media by liking the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and follow along on Twitter at SindayPod and the Lee W. Mowen. Feel free to send in future questions for Mowen's Mailbag on Twitter or Facebook. The closing theme was created with the Splash app, available for free on Google Play and the App Store. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Let's talk local Cincinnati and Dayton sports again on the next episode.